Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. It's your girl, Anna Roisman. She's unemployed today, but she's here to chat with all of you. Uh, This is the podcast where we talk to people about, you know, the greatest jobs they ever had, how they lost those jobs, if they're looking for a job, how they're feeling, what their favorite animal is, you know, anything really goes here. Uh, We have so many great episodes already, but I'm really excited for today's. I actually can't wait for this episode. But before we get into it, I want to check in with Ellen. I'll check in with Ellen. That's where I put in that that sound cue. You know what I mean? Where we drop in someone who actually can rap. Yes. I think I'm working on that. Finding somebody who can rap. Your boyfriend makes beats. Can't he make like a, 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 you know, something really techno, like check in with Ellen? Actually, we'll ask him to do that. He could probably make some sick beats for us. Oh, cool. I would love that. That's the one thing I get whenever anybody rates, reviews, you know, the podcast. That was a that was a nice little hint there. Please rate and review it. We're still new. Uh, they all say, like, if only this podcast had some sick beats on it. I've been seeing, yeah. Yeah, all the feedback is like, great podcast, but where are the sick beats? Yeah. Doesn't Anna rap? Yeah, I get that a lot. It's, it's confusing. Um, how are you? How's your employment status? How's your week? How are you feeling? My unemployment status is semi-employed. So, you know, not on unemployment, but like basically making as much as I would be making on unemployment, which is kind of... It also keeps you busy. keeps you sane. Keeps me busy. Makes me feel like I have a life. That's all we can ask for these days. You have a life. And the life is here as a podcaster. I was reborn as a podcaster. Uh... Last Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I worked a little bit this week. I hosted HQ last night, which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was telling you before, it's so weird to like get dressed, you know what I mean? Like get dressed up and like be in makeup and like wear a fancy little dress Mm -hmm. and it felt good. It really feels good. I understand that. Cause I don't even wear a bra. I don't wear a bra anymore. You know? I mean, what's the point? You're not trying to impress anyone. No, there is none. It's it's a little weirder now that it's hot out, you know? Like, I feel like in the winter, I could just wear, like, a full-on hoodie, like, a sweatsuit to Whole Foods and no one noticed. Now I'm wearing, like, nothing and no bra, so it's a little bit more like, you know, ooh. And for those of you who are just listening, you know we're videoing these now. I'm talking here without my top on, and it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually both topless right now. It's pretty insane. Yeah, you, you hear just, that, listeners? You got to subscribe to that sweet, sweet Patreon if you want that access to the to the video link. Uh, no, but really, like, we would love for you to go on Patreon. Uh, throw us a couple bucks, you know, support the arts. This is art. We need snacks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ellen, thanks. It was really great hanging out with you, but uh, can you please take your sex qu- requests elsewhere? I said we need <gasps> snacks. What did you oh, think? Oh, I thought I you said, said we need sex. <laughs> no. Because we, okay. we were naked. Who's, who's got a dirty mind now? I guess here. I do. I guess I do. That was that was all me. You know, we're over Zoom. I couldn't hear properly. You know, everything's different in quarantine, even what you hear. I'm just imagining me saying sex now. Like, like that. Sex. I think it's fun. Now all the comments are going to be like, I'll give you sex. Um, I, I see you monsters on the internet. I see you and I don't respond. 
I am so excited about our guest today. Okay. You might have seen him. He's one of the funniest people I know. He's been on MTV. You might know him from Wendy Williams or E! Exclamation point. You know E? That E. He's also one of the hosts of LATV's The Zoo and the Daddy Issues podcast with Dean McDermott and Adam Hunter. Hello. That was a lot of name dropping. Give it up for Nikki Paris. What up? Oh, oh my God. Hi. I'm so happy you're on this right now. I am so happy I'm on this too. You look so good though. Like we're doing video now and I don't I don't get myself ready for it. You look so nice and clean and I uh, just took a slab of Vaseline and rubbed it all over the camera so I could look like anybody. <laughs> well, whatever it is, it's working. I look shiny and sweaty, but this isn't about how we look because most people will listen to this. How are you? <laughs> I'm, great. <laughs> I'm great. I'm really excited to be here with you. And we've been spending a lot of time together digitally lately. We have. I was telling- We're like cam girls and we just like meet up for a, for a double show sometimes. I love it. I was telling Ellen that like you and I, so we work for this app Airtime. We freelance for them and we do shows together and we basically just shoot the shit and have a good time and what a good what so a much job. fun yeah Seriously, like i could be very moody if i don't take my mind all by like 11 a.m yeah so i know when we have the show together it really puts me in a great mood and it's a great distraction from everything that's going on and i look forward to spending time with you you're like my digital pen pal oh my god i know so this feels normal for us we did yeah. this for an hour yesterday like yep. Talked about, you know, our favorite reality TV moments. Now we're going to talk about jobs. Uh, we're very vulnerable vulnerable together. We really are. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, I have to call you out. I got to call you out at the top and Ellen's going to love this. So I asked you to do the podcast and then today I get a text from Nikki saying, I've actually never been unemployed, <laughs> which is just, wow. I mean, you're making history on the show. We might have had one other person who's never been unemployed, but you know, this is where I put in that. I'm impressed. Yeah, congrats. Congratulations. Ellen, I mean, my first job is at a pizzeria, so it's not like I'm rolling. I was paid in garlic knots, so it's not like I'm rolling in the dough. But yeah, I've been working since I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> 12 or 13? Yeah. yeah. Were your parents just like, let's go. get up. You know how to tie your shoes. Get on the books. You got to yeah. get a job. Wait, wait. You said you weren't rolling in the dough? Yeah. <laughs> Literally rolling, rolling in the dough. <laughs> No, at a very young age, my mom was always like, be a man. So I really let her down. So she really tried to force me to get a job at a very young age. So I sort of, I was a host at a pizzeria when I was 13 years old. They paid me $5 an hour and they were horrible to me. They used I to imagine me- though, if as a host, people walked in and they're like, hey, did you lose your parents? Like, can you, yeah. <laughs> are you waiting for a bathroom? Like, like, who's this adorable little girl? Where <laughs> is, this, is this legal? But the customers love me. It was a lot of old, like I'm from Staten Island, New York. So I don't know what you know about Staten New York. A lot of jerk offs. Can I say that on the show? <laughs> Ellen, I don't want you to just eject me from, from it. I, I don't want to piss anybody off here. No. So they used to call me Nicole the host. Hostess. Nicole the hostess? Yep. They used to go, <laughs> Nicole. And I was like 13. So like I didn't, I would never, I would just like go along with it because it was just, I'm very lazy. It's too, it was too much effort for me to address it with them. And the manager there, this old creepy Italian guy had the hots for me. And I'm such a narcissist that I was flattered that whenever he would like look at me, <laughs> I would, I'd rather get an abusive comment than not get one at all. So that oh just really goes to show you why I'm in therapy. I got to say, I too have, I worked in restaurants for seven years and like that is the place where you take so much abuse. 
but you're also just like too busy to care and like deal with it. Like I had a boss who once told me I looked better in heels. <laughs> and what type of shoes are you wearing? Probably a heel, honestly, but like he meant like a sluttier heel. I don't know. And he told me, that was the same boss who told me uh, if I wear low cut shirts, I will bring in more money to this restaurant. And I was like, has you seen my boobs? They're not that big. Like you should really bother someone else. <laughs> Does the Olive Garden need more money? <laughs> I mean, what type of restaurant was this that you worked at? Oh, a very fancy Italian restaurant in oh, Gramercy, okay. Gramercy, New York. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, this pizzeria where I worked at was like the bottom bunker. Like they probably had like a Z on on the uh, health inspection chart. And, you know, so I have a little brother with special needs. So my dad was on a bowling league when I was growing up. That's not something I'm very proud of. So Tuesday nights were bowling You really night. said it with a little bit of a <laughs> emotion. So Tuesday nights were the night that my dad went bowling. So my mom was by myself. And that was the one day I worked at the pizzeria from five to nine. And my mom would always be like, when your shift is over, get your money and get in the car because we can't leave your brother home alone. <laughs> and there was one night, the manager, he, he wouldn't pay me until I showed him my nipple. What? Yes. No. Yes. No. And you're 12, 13 years old? I was 13. Did you tell your and mom? I did it. You I, did I, it? I showed him my pepperoni titties that weren't on the pizza because I don't want to keep my mom waiting. So, and you know what? I wish I could tell you, wow, I'm a victim. I was, it was like not even a big deal. I was like, you want to see my, my little. <laughs> no, what you should have done is like throw in $50 more and I'll like, show you too. See, that's why you're more successful than I am because you're a business person. I'm I, was, not. I was waiting to show my little pink pepperonis for nothing. Oh my God. That is too funny. And that was my first job. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what did your mom say? Was she like, that's not uh, allowed? She like didn't believe me. <laughs> I don't remember like what she said, but like I definitely told her and she just wasn't like, she was like, oh, I'm sure they were kidding. <laughs> yeah. So and then I you're like, you're like thinking damage. back. You're like, oh my God, were they kidding? Like, yeah. No, I see them now. And you know, now I'm like somewhat, I'm, I'm like a man. I get, I'm more of like a Chaz Bono type. But when I go into this pizzeria now, they all see me and they're like, hi. And I'm like, oh, yeah, remember when you used to make me show you my nipples to get paid? I got paid $20, $5 an hour. I'm glad you go back. You really got back up on that horse. You know, that's well, sometimes I just need a compliment. And <laughs> at these days, you know, nobody, I'm single. Nobody dates me. At this point, I, I would love for somebody to ask to see my nipples, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> Maybe lot. after this podcast, you never know. You know, the creeps could come out and they're going to start DMing you and they're going to be like, send me a pic of that nip. I'm, I'm turned on by this pizza story. <laughs> if you're listening and you want to see my tater tot titties, you can find me at, at Nikki Paris Bitch. Send me a letter, send me a telegram. Send me a message via your beeper. I don't care. All platforms. I don't rule anything out. I love it. I love it. So when did you quit this job or leave? Yeah, I left because I got a job at CVS uh, where I worked for two weeks and then I was fired because I was too chatty with the customers (laughs) and I couldn't. They said I was too slow ringing up. Um ringing up like I guess the item. Well, yeah, it's really hard to do both if you're like having a full-on therapy session with someone and they're trying to buy like a pack of gum. It's, it's hard to do both, right? And you know what? I like to connect with people. I'm a very emotional person. So I want to find out why you're buying your menthol lights. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I want to get to the root of why you're chain smoking. And they didn't <laughs> really, really like that. So I, I made this big dramatic exit. I was like, and here's the best part. 
the pizzeria and the CVS were literally in the same shopping plaza. So this was like, yep, I'm going north to the north side of the parking lot. I was like, screw you all. I'm I'm moving up. Did you and see? I, I bet that boss was worried. I bet he was like, oh my god, it's because I like you know asked him to see his nipple, and now he's like, I gotta go to a corporate place where I can really <laughs> get a lawsuit. <laughs> he brought right exactly. I wanted to be I wanted to be protected by the pharmaceuticals, <gasps> which said nobody ever. Um, so two weeks so, you lasted at CVS. Did you like it for the two weeks you were there? I did, um, in, in a weird way, because I felt powerful behind the counter. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like, you know, I felt like I was a part of the CVS brand. It was like, hi, everybody. But I think I was too big of a personality. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are either like really big fans of mine. They think I'm great. Or a lot of people are like, just don't speak. Speak <laughs> less. Do it. And actually, that's a lot of the feedback I get from uh, agents and managers that have seen me perform. I get a lot of, do you think you could do a little less about yourself? Wow. Which, uh, yeah. Which you're hurts, like, I'm a comedian. Yeah. That's I, I chose this to talk about myself professionally. <laughs> that's what I thought. And now I'm and now I'm going to take up pottery because if I can't talk about myself, what am I doing? <laughs> that's OK. I've taken up tie dyeing. And honestly, it's weird. There are other careers out there. Who knew? You know, how do I get myself on the guest list of who's getting a tie dye? I'm assuming it's a DM. It's just a DM. If you want a tie dye sweatshirt, you better throw th- throw oh, okay. me a DM at Anna Roycebin. Oh, we're popping these in early, aren't we tonight? <laughs> I might show you a nipple just to get two. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, for a nipple, maybe I'll make you a bra to cover it up. You never know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, all right, we got to continue down the road because you're famously uh, always employed. Yeah. So from there, I started working at a place called Miami Tan in Staten Island, New York, where I worked at a tanning salon. And did you make money or just time in a booth? um, I did not make a lot of money, but it but it was more than CVS (laughs) and it was more than the pizzeria. Although I was not fed as good. And let me just tell you, I I was alone like at this tanning salon and I they would like leave me there. I had to like close up and lock up. Mm. So there was times when I would get hungry and this is so horrible to say rats. I said the name of the tanning salon, but I think it's closed now. So that allegedly, allegedly that's, let me put that in my lawyers. So let me, so people used to go tanning and I would lock them in the tanning salon and leave to go get dinner. But I would time it out because I knew they would have 10 minutes in the tanning booth. So I would just, I'd be like, okay, I have a thing with shopping clauses. I never, but what if someone's like, what if their hair catches on fire in a tanning bed and you're out there buying some fucking, you know, a cheeseburger and you're just like, well, they still have eight more minutes. They're stuck in there. Have you ever seen Final Destination or Final Fantasy? <laughs> That's what would probably would have happened. And there were some nights where I was like, oh, my God, like I was they were taking a really long time putting the veggies or toasting the sandwich. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen if these people like get out of the bed and they realize that they're locked in? So did it ever happen? No, surprisingly, no. You know, there's someone on another podcast who's like this one time I was at this tanning salon (laughs) and I was locked in. I got great color, but like I never I never left. (laughs) They're like, and now I have to live with all these burns. And I don't know what it came from. I have to put Neosporin on it all the time. Who would do this to me? And there I am just nibbling on my foot <laughs> Oh my God. I'm that's too funny. But I like that job. I in high school, I was like the color of Susan B. Anthony. I was so unnecessarily tan. Like I really I looked like I went to to, I I look like I like spent my my life at the beaches resort for no reason. (laughs) Was Susan B. Anthony tan? 
Am I spin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Isn't Susan? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Now <laughs> I'm curious. And I was for high school. Oh my god! I, now I have literally have no idea. And you know, the first thing I'm going to Google as soon as we end this is Susan. Well, Susan's on the on the dollar coin, <laughs> and she's right? she's dead. Ellen. I'm looking at you, Ellen. Like you- I would know what's on a dollar coin. I don't know. I I don't know. I was I, so I, angry no when I get one of those. There's no color on a dollar coin, so it's just gold, right? <laughs> yeah, I gold. think it's silver. Yeah, it's gold. Oh, so you were that color? You were gold. No, I mean Susan in real life before they put her on the quarter when she was alive. <laughs> Isn't Susan B. Say- Anthony the one that like sewed the American flag or something? No, that's Betsy, Betsy Frost. Ross. You know, the three of us should shut the fuck up we because clearly this ain't a this is a comedy podcast, uh, not a <laughs> not a history podcast. No, no, but I believe you know there are those out there for you. So you know, this is the reason why I came out here today was really to pay homage to Susan B. Anthony. So <laughs> I want to thank you for giving me a megaphone to do that here. How long so, were you at this tanning salon where you looked, you know, your best? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> Really, it's where I developed melanoma is really what I would say. This is really where- I hope my, not. I, no, I have some beauty marks. and so, I was literally a different race. So um, I was probably there for about um, a year and a half. And then I got an opportunity to become a telemarketer. Oh, fancy. Which I loved. I was in college and um, you got to make your own hours. So I would come in like my pajamas looking like Whitney Houston after being locked away in a hotel room with Bobby for a few hours. Now that, that I know. That's a reference I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah. And that was one of my favorite jobs because all my friends got to work there together and it was the easiest job because all you would have to do is you'd call it basically, um, it goes to show you how corrupt everything is. So people that were looking for jobs throughout the country would enter their information into the site. Um, like this job, I have to be so careful not to say this. Labor.ny.gov. That's it, right? Then confirm or deny. So- <laughs> It was like a job search engine. Now, everybody that would enter their information looking for a job, Uh all the information would go to our company and we would call them and be like, I understand you're looking for a job in this field. Are you interested in going back to school? And all you would have to do is get them to agree to getting a phone call from a college about the major. And each school they agreed to was $9. What? So you, I was making like $30 and one, and you know me. I bet you were just like sweet talking them the whole time. There was somebody that like was from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I was like, have you eaten at the good and plenty? Like I was just talking to people and really bonding with them. And I was making a lot of money and it was going really well until one day. Uh-oh. I was sleeping with this guy in Brooklyn who I love. I believe his name is Niklaus. And he was a European newscaster. And I met him at a bar in New York. And we were sleeping together for a week. And I really hope he never hears this podcast um, because at the time he was married. So, oh my God. Uh, so, yes, Ellen, hold your judgment. I saw that. I just, face. I just hope so, he's, I hope he's not married anymore is what I hope. No, so. no, 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 no. He's dead. No, he, um, I'm kidding. He's totally alive. Uh, so, 
I met this guy at a bar, like it was like a movie scenario. Like we just looked at each other from across the bar and our eyes locked and he just came over to me. And I really, all I care about in the men I date is how they look. I don't care about what your personality is. I'm very shallow. So I hope nobody holds that against me. So I I know this. You like Chris Humphreys. And I'm like, what? I do. Yeah. He's on that second grade reading level. Um, So I spent my whole week with this guy. You know, I banged him like 10 times. And was he um, old? How old was he? He was, I was 21, 20. So I was a young whore and he had to be like 30, <laughs> 32, early 30s. So that's old so, for you like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thank you. And uh, he convinced me to sleep over one night. And I was like, I really don't want to. I have to go to work the next morning. I have my telemarketing job. I have to increase the education of the American people. Uh-huh. He was like, he, I wish I could do his accent. He was like, please, just stay over and, and sleep with me. Is that a European <laughs> accent? I don't, yeah, sure. I, I, I'm, I loved I, it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not an actor. Um, so I slept over his house. I left. I had it in my head. I am not good at a sleepover. I'm one of those people that when the sun rises, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for me to leave. So I was sleeping at this guy's house in Brooklyn. I was like, I have to go to work. So I went to my telemarketing job, very on edge. I was just, my balls were in a knot. I was just in a mood. I really was. I was itching to put a piece of gum in somebody's hair that morning. (laughs) So I got on the phone. And I, I think it was like my second or third phone call of the day. And I said, hi, you know, so-and-so, um, you know, we got your information. Would you be interested in going back to school? And this person just started laughing. And I just said, you're retarded. <gasps> oh. And they literally, and I want to say, I have a cousin who's retarded. So I'm grandfathered in to say that. <laughs> um, and, I, and I. I don't know if it works that way, but. I, <laughs> so. I, you know, I was like, oh my God, like I slipped and I just called this person retarded on a recorded line. So I was like realizing what I did. And now I have like the under boob sweat. And I was like, okay, like how? I was like, you know, you seem really smart. Are you, are you, so I hang up, we get off the phone. He calls back. Oh no. And I get called into the office and I knew what it was about. And they played the phone call for me. Were you out loud? They played it for me out loud and I just had to sit there and they were like, I was like, that does sound like me. I wasn't like giving in right away. I, like, I wanted to see what I could get away with. And I was like, oh, and what's the worst part that he called back? They got him to sign up for three schools. No. So not only did he call to get me fired, now he's in college. So in some ways, I think some could look at that as a story of hate or, you know. You broke a- even. Right. We broke even. So yeah. now he's educated and it's all thanks to me. That's the funniest thing. I imagine there are like buzzwords at telemarketing offices. And like, as soon as you say one, like you just get like the alarm sound, you know, and then it's like spotlight on like Nikki. He said the R word number 12 on the list. Do not call someone that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing just to have to, to sit there and listen to this phone call. Did you wish you were still in bed with your you know European boyfriend? No. <laughs> oh, you were done. You were ready to go to work. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I couldn't I couldn't have left fast enough. I love how you said you're not good at sleepovers. I'm not good at sleepovers either. I don't I like my space and my bed and my bathroom and like my stuff. I don't like to go to somewhere else. Right? Yeah. And once like I'm up, I'm up. 
And like, yeah. I wake up early. Like I'm like a seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, every morning type of guy. So like, I don't like to sit there and stare at the ceiling while listen. And I can't listen to people snore. And he was a snorer. And in those moments, sometimes I, I hear stuff like that. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't think deaf people have it that bad. Like sometimes I do think that there's some silver <laughs> linings and I have a lot of people in my family who have special needs. So that's where it's, you know, I, you know, my brother has been in a wheelchair his whole life. My legs are tired. You know, and sometimes I, I think, what would I give to switch places? <laughs> I do. I do appreciate your Instagrams. You, you know, you really take advantage of your LA situation. Not everyone sits at their pool as much as you. And you're always like on a float or hanging out at your pool. And I'm like, oh, God bless him, you know, because when I lived in LA, I did the same thing. And it's like, as an East well, Coast. Notice it's very strategic body shots. You never see my stomach. I'm basically, people see me at the pool and they're like, oh my God, he's probably in a Speedo. I'm sitting there in a burka. No, you're not. I have every inch of me covered. I have a lot of body issues and I do a lot of emotional eating. You're I do. so cute though. Don't, I, I hope you know you're a beautiful person. From the chest up. Yeah, that's I'm all I've seen very- lately. So yeah, I don't know what your butt looks like. <laughs> You still eating footlongs? You still getting those footlongs toasted? I I can't. Too much too much bread. No, whatever. You know what? We're living through a pandemic. Eat the I fucking know. garlic knot. You know I that's know. that's what oh. I'm telling you. I might I make miss rice balls. Oh, very specific thing to me. <laughs> Has anybody ever had a rice? Ball? Yeah, like arancini. Yes. Hello, I'm not Italian, but I worked in an Italian restaurant. Right. <laughs> How embarrassing. Like it a just... rice. Yeah, but I was like, I thought someone would say like, I miss a steak. I miss like something I can't. You're like, I miss a rice ball. No, the rice balls. I think about them all the time. And whenever I come back to New York, I always make sure I get a rice balls within <laughs> within the first 24 hours or else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've never been unemployed. So you get law- you get fired for, you know, oh, you were a little too tired and you got right. fired from the telemarketing job. Yeah. What did you do next? I worked, um, I was a freelance writer for Elite Daily. Um, Me too. That's right. That's right. Were you on Generation Y? I did something with that. Yes. And then my friend Gabby and I sold our series to Elite Daily That's right. called There's No Place Like Home. You can check it out. All of the episodes are online. Uh, about two girls who never leave their apartment. Like we're always getting ready to go somewhere and then some, we're like, oh, we can't leave for whatever reason. How ahead of your time. I know. <laughs> we both said we were like, wow, should we like promote it now? It's like really like a good series now. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, that's very cutting edge. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think of some of the other jobs but I had. You did uh-huh. like videos with Kelly Lord. Like I remember. Yeah. yeah I did one. Mm-hmm. I met Kelly there too. That's so funny. Shout out to Kelly. But um. Elite Daily was great. Ellen, did you ever work there? You worked for the Ellen, I think, worked for the competitor. <gasps> what what was the competitor? Pop what was Sugar? The play- yes. I worked at Pop Sugar for Isn't that stint. like Elite Daily Pop Sugar? It's like, you know, yeah, oil and they water. Like, they have similar things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The drama of it all. <laughs> it's like the West Side story, the Sharks versus the Jets. Yeah. Except in the pop culture world. Yeah, it's like the digital pop culture world. It's like Bustle versus Elite Daily versus. Well, they bought them. Oh wait, it's the same thing now, right? Yeah, they bought them. Okay, Bustle it's bought. Refinery Twenty Nine versus. Yes, 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 yes. Pop Sugar versus Elite Daily. I wanted to work at all of those places. I really did. I was enjoying Elite Daily. 
I'll work anywhere. Seriously, <laughs> I just love money and I have, you know, a fear that I'm not going to be able to buy the things that I want to buy. And I'm a spender. I spend. I love to spend money. I so know. So I have to make sure that I keep writing those dick jokes and I'll take any job. I, I love you. Almost, you spend money on Louis Vuitton. Can you tell us what happened the other day? This was dramatic on your Instagram. I always wanted a Louis Vuitton backpack for a very long time. And here it is. Oh, she's beautiful. And I'm showing it here so it could be a tax write-off. No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) I, you know, I I always wanted it. And I I saved up a lot of money for it. It was very expensive. And uh, now I just have this fear that people are going to murder me for it. Like I was in a parking lot the other day and some guy was like, hey, bro, nice bag. How much how much you pay for that bag? A couple thousand. And I was like, it's fake. It's from Koreatown. And he was like, oh, and then he just walked away. Like that's how, you know. <laughs> I love though. You took a video. You're like clutching it in your car. You're like, oh, my this God. Is my this is my baby. Almost robbed me. And, you know, I don't have a boyfriend. I've never really been in a serious relationship because I'm very touchy um, physically and emotionally. So this is all I have. This is why uh, we get along because I, too, have had bags that serve as my, you know, my partner in life. And you have such a cute boyfriend. I love her and her boyfriend together. I hope they adopt me. I just put me in a crate in in the corner of the apartment. Because I don't like babies. I like, you know, self-sufficient people. So you're you're on the list. It's true. Yeah, some ways. So I actually have a really funny story about the bag. I'd love to tell you really quick. I would so, love to hear know, it. I, um, I'm in therapy and we've been doing Zoom sessions and um, I don't really have any real problems, but I love to talk about myself for an hour. So that's mm-hmm. really why That's I what everyone in therapy says. So yeah. that's, you're off to a good start. <laughs> so my therapist keeps falling asleep. No. It's happened like three times. I'm like, I don't want to call her out. But like, there's definitely, she has clear glasses, like similar to the ones that you have. And um, I could just see behind like (gasps) the lens that her eyes are shutting. And like, that's rude because I'm very entertaining, I think. And you're paying. Right. So I'm like talking to her and I see that her eyes are closing. So now I just start laughing. And then she's like hearing me laughing and she just goes, Nikki, are you high? What? You're not allowed to fall asleep and then accuse your patient of being on drugs. I was like, no. So then I just keep talking and I have the backpack like in the corner of the screen like this. So then she just goes, who's your friend? And I was like, what What do you mean? She goes, who's sitting there on the couch with you? I said, do you mean my backpack? She goes, oh, I thought it was an owl. I said, are you high? <laughs> what? Can you imagine? Yeah, this is, I honestly, like, just the fact that she was falling asleep, the only thing that's happened in my life that's been more offensive than that was I got my car stolen recently, but a year ago, somebody broke into my car. They stole everything in my car, my Chanel sunglasses. Oh, they no. They left my headshots. <laughs> How fucking dare you? Because that is a great photo. That is a great photo. You're going to walk around and put my Chanel sunglasses on your fat head and you're not even going to take the picture. Oh my God. I'm still trying to think like how long, when did she zone out from your problems and start focusing on the fact that it was an owl of all things. (laughs) She picked an owl. And, and okay. So just how none of us knew about history. I didn't know. Owls in LA. Like I thought that owls were only in like Vermont. I didn't realize that Vermont's were like an animal that lives all over the country. You know what? Sorry. You know, 
I play comedy clubs and tell dick jokes. I'm not watching, you know, the Animal Planet or whatever people watch. So, Susan B. Anthony trial. Right. <laughs> exactly. Was she on trial? No. I think she's a hero. She did. Yes, she's a hero. I meant that. Yeah. I meant. I meant that. I don't know what she did, which is terrible, but I know that she's on the coin. <laughs> That's all I know about Susan B. Anthony. She's on the dollar. And you know coin. her skin color, so you know. <laughs> right. So I, you know. So yeah, so she, yeah, and I, I don't want to like call her out and be like, because she's not going to admit it. She's not going to be like, oh yeah, I fell asleep. But like, she's definitely falling asleep. Like this is like the third or fourth time that I, this happened. I got to be honest. Some people aren't adapting well. Oh, there yeah. she is. She's not That's tan at Susan all. Susan B. Anthony. She looks like a skeleton. She looks very pale. Someone told you. I mean, <laughs> I think you're thinking of someone else. Let's see who's on the. Yeah, just Google tan on the historic women. One. Well, this you is really what? fun, guys. Thank you. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm really glad we did this today. <laughs> can I tell you something though? I know we're not on the subject of jobs, but we'll get back to it. But uh, I think you need to break up with your therapist. She sounds crazy. I've broken up with a therapist before. I was with her for four years. It's like a relationship. And I broke up with her because every week she told me, really? You do stand up in all these places and they pay you nothing or they pay you a very little amount. I can't understand it. And I said, I don't need to fucking come here every week to hear you feel worse. I know. I could hear that from my parents. <laughs> my dad yeah. always says, my dad's like, I feel like you should get paid more. I said, that's not what I'm hearing on the streets. Right. And whenever I complain, my dad's like, well, you chose this career. I'm like, have a little compassion. Right. My dad's like, you chose to get paid in during tickets. Yeah. So this, is, <laughs> this is your fault. But you might have to break up with her. She wanted to tell me that I had COVID for the last three weeks, like every week in a row. Just, you know, I, I'm very tired. I'm doing a lot of different things. So she was like, you know, I think you might have COVID. I think you should probably get tested. She said it to me like three times. Then she like peer pressured me to like, so right after our session, I, every Monday, f- five to six. <laughs> so right after the session was done, I went and got tested and they they freaking fingered my brain with that yeah. thing up your nose. And I was negative. So the next session I had with her, I said, listen, I appreciate that you put pressure on me, but I didn't have COVID. And this is the third time in a row that you told me I have it. I don't. Wow. You tell her. You don't need to pay her to to argue with her about this kind of stuff, though. You I need know. to you need to talk to someone who isn't going to fall asleep. I think that's the number one thing you learn in school to be a therapist. Like, stay awake. <laughs> Just stay. stay awake. Every time, I'm sorry, I get so distracted. I'm so upset because I have this mark on my arm. I fell. <laughs> I was going to say, is that a tanning salon incident? <laughs> no, I fell. I was celebrating. So before this all happened, then we'll get back on topic. I performed at the Laugh Factory and I had a, for the first time in Hollywood, and I had to follow John Stamos. And it was so exciting. It was one of the best sets ever. And That's I went cool. out and celebrated that night and I got a little drunk and I fell outside <laughs> my house. Oh. And Every single time I go, I have to remember that now I, I people are like, is that a birthmark? No, it's not. No, rub some vitamin E, get some Mederma. And I do think it'll go away. Yeah. You got to <laughs> just keep putting oil, vitamin E oil every day. <laughs> I'm not going to get employed by more places because of you that. You really aren't. They're going to be like, can you show your arms? And I'm going to be like, ooh, no, no, get just away. slap some makeup on there. Nobody will notice. Yeah. You'll Until be I fine. get in a pool. And <laughs> <laughs> then it starts to come off. <laughs> So he's done with telemarketing. Yeah. Then what? Then where did your career lead you to? Because obviously you weren't a paid comedian yet. You were still you were still in college when you were doing that, right? 
Yeah, I I started doing stand up actually before I was in college. Um, yeah, I wasn't making a lot of money doing stand up, and you know some <laughs> things haven't changed. But <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I let's, I'm trying to think what other jobs I had. I, I worked in like event services at my college, where I'd have to like chaperone events. Uh-huh. An event that I worked with all these dent with all these doctors, and I was looking for. I feel like you'd be good at planning events. You're very good at like organizing and producing. You're very, you're, you have good attention to detail. Mm, thank you. <laughs> at least from what I've seen. And I've only seen here up, you know? Right. Exactly. Do you imagine if I actually had two peg legs and you didn't even know it? <laughs> you think you know everything about me and I'm sitting here on my red couch with two prosthetic legs. Oh Wouldn't my God. No, I, I feel like if you did, you're the type of person to be like, want to see him? <laughs> you'd show me. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, wow, like that lady on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, <laughs> you remember her? Um, I do. And then I'm trying to think, like, what what other jobs that I've well, had? Where was school? School was on the East Coast, right? I went to Monmouth University. Oh, with our the- friend. Yes, that's with Gab. Yes, that's right. And Monmouth University, um, they uh, the school slogan was Monmouth Hawks Fly Together, and Hawks don't fly together. So my whole education is, is it's a joke. right right from there. And yeah, I went to Monmouth University and all they wanted to tell you was this is where Annie was filmed. This is where Annie was filmed. That's That was like the whole- That's like, the claim to fame? Yeah, th- that was Daddy Warbucks- uh, mansion so i always knew like we're on campus where i wanted to like slip and fall and not get up <laughs> truthfully if i could do it back again i have a friend her name is christy when she was a little girl she got hit by a school bus and she lived to tell the tale she has a little scar she sued she won <laughs> and now she gets a check every month so i you know i, I internalized these issues i'm like why couldn't i have got hit by a bus you know oh like my god good enough to just get tapped <laughs> So if you I really could, should reconsider, you know, wherever you fell with that arm. Like maybe you could collect, you know. Why couldn't the school bus have run me over after I was already on the on the on the floor? <laughs> Why couldn't they have seen me? These are the questions I cry well, about. Well, they night. couldn't because God know. forbid you ruin this. This is your moneymaker here. You know, you can't be uh, on camera if you got no face and being run over by a bus, you could lose your face. <laughs> at, you know what? At this point in my life, I'd make it an angle. I'm telling you. <laughs> I feel like I'm like so tired. I just like made sense. I was like, and that's how you, and that's how you go to an elevator and you get in and the door is like, what am I even saying? Right I knew, now? I knew somebody who did that too. I knew a woman, Barbara, <laughs> her mother. I shouldn't be saying real names. What yes, websites do you go on? <laughs> I knew this woman. She was a family friend. She was shopping at JCPenney. That was her first mistake. And she went to get into the elevator. She pressed the buttons. The doors opened. The elevator wasn't there. And she fell into the bottom of the shaft. Broke That's oh my like God. my okay. worst fear. Oh, yeah. man. Ellen, another lawsuit. Why can't the elevator be there when I get on? I bet she's so, not shopping at JCPenney anymore, huh? No, she owns it now. <laughs> she put on a strap on and fucked JC and Penny together. Oh my God. You know, she owns it all. <laughs> so then when do you move to LA? And like, did you have a job when you first moved to LA? When I first moved to LA, um, it was I moved to LA probably like two and a half years ago. Oh, that's I thought you've been there longer. Because uh, we met like two years ago. That's right. So that's you were right. New. We were doing on airtime. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless airtime. The gift that keeps on giving. I I love airtime. You know I do, I do too. and I know you do too. 
So I, I did have a job when I first moved out here. I worked in marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had a really, um, trying to think the right way. <laughs> Let's just say. Don't tell I me had, someone else made you show them a nipple because you're, no. So, yeah, all I'll say is this person really wanted to. I was in a really toxic situation that I really had to get out of. Um, this part really isn't as funny, but, um, I just wanted to, you know what? It's kind of weird. I I wanted to move to LA because I wanted to force myself to grow. And I felt like in New York, I had so much friends and so many family that was really distracting me Mm -hmm. from evolving in the way that I believed that I could. So I moved out of here all by myself with no friends and family. And to my Italian mother, that was like, a knife in the heart. All she really? Wants, you abandoned us. Oh no! I was like I, I'm at the Soho house. Like I'm not in <laughs> Afghanistan. Like is that really what you think? But yes, yeah, I she, think that's brave and cool. I love that. Very hard. It was a lot of. Um, I was homeless for a week. Have you ever seen uh, a homeless person in Gucci? It was very. It was very different. But I've been you know that what? person. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, I mean, I've been like completely unemployed. Absolutely no income on Medicaid, no job. But like, you know, I'm carrying my Mew Mew bag and like my yeah. Gucci loafers because like that's just my brand, you know? And I know that it's your brand, but to me, you don't try because to me, I, I think very highly of you. You come to be very intelligent, very classy, very put together. Thank so you. I, I don't know who, me, I can understand why people wouldn't want to hire me. But t- t- for you, I, I think you're a total plus. Wow. Thank you so much. So Thanks. If you ever need a recommendation. Okay. Well, this was birthed because I lost my day job and I never, I never went back. So maybe that means I'm doing something right as a entertainer because I'm not working in an office right now. You know, I'm one of those people that I truly believe in sink or swim. Hmm. I think that when you're in those situations where you're forced, to, you mm-hmm. know, you're thrown into the water, like it's a sink or swim situation and you're swimming. And you know, you. you're making it work and you're doing all these things. And that's just like I, how I did it too. All I knew is I was not moving home. And that mm-hmm. was the first thing my mom was like, just come home. Just come home. Every time something bad happens to me out here, she's like, just come home. It'll be better. I'm like, you think my life's going to be better in Staten Island? <gasps> you think that's I'm so, the answer to my problems? I do get jealous of people who have those kinds of moms. My parents were like, oh, we, uh, we sold the house. We, we're moving into a two-bedroom apartment so you can actually never come home again. And good luck. Best of luck to you. Really? Yeah. You know, I was never really, um, I always was close to my family, but we never really, um, it, it was hard growing up. Very, you know, I come from a very conservative Republican family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're just very old school and I was wild. I don't know where I came from. I was always <laughs> like, this is what I'm doing. You could like it or not. Read it and weep. So, you know, I really feel like I appreciated my parents more when I moved out here. And, and it's, it is really hard because I feel like this is going to sound so depressing. But every time I go home, I feel like my parents are like a little older. So I live with, that's why like, I have to be really successful because I feel that guilt that like I'm missing out on like these years of my parents' life that I'm, you know, that they're, you know. They're happy. I bet they're proud of you. And like, you're killing it right now. Look my at you. You're on very, a billion things. You have a hundred thousand gigs. They're happy, but my mom is one of those people. She loves to take the knife. Like I have, like I said, I have a brother with special needs and I called her the other day and she was just crying and she just goes, you know, I just don't want your brother to feel like an only child. I was Aww. like, I'm not dead. So she's one of those people that she loves to play the guilt card. Yeah. Like she'll I mean, text me sometimes. I forgot what you look like. <laughs> Is she like this outside of a pandemic? Because I'm like, I'm yes. sure it's really. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure it's harder right now. Like we're not like, you can't travel as much. You're not like no, getting on a plane no. every you know month or so to go see your family. No. Oh my God. She, she's one of those people. Like she's really, I dream of you all the time. I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, I'm not dead. Like you could pick up the phone and call me. I love this. Does she want a daughter? I want my, like. You, would, you two would get along. She I bet. Would, She's fabulous. I need that kind of attention. My grandma was always like, you know, I'm dreaming about you. You know, I miss you. Oh, you don't ever call. You know, shoot, that was her. My mom literally is like, I I love my mom. We're very close, but she is one of those like tough love moms. You know, if I call and I'm having a bad day, she's like, suck it up, Anna. I have to go swim 64 laps and play two sets of tennis. And and then I got to go return stuff to Bloomingdale. So you know what? I don't have time for your bullshit right now. You chose this path. Like, so my mom is like that too. She misses (laughs) me like selfishly, but like whenever I call her and tell her about a problem, like this is all I hear. Yeah. You just and which that's such a trigger for me, and she'll just be like, no matter what I say to her, you know, mom, I I, I had this really big audition. They called me in and they didn't like me, and you know, I'm really upset about it. She'll just be like, all right, so did you eat? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm pouring my heart out to you, like and telling you that I'm so upset. Have you seen me? Of course I ate. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. My mom, whenever I do HQ, my mom texts me if she watches the game. She'll text me right after and she'll be like. They hated your blue dress. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because she doesn't even play. She just reads the comments who are like, bad dress. Anna sucks. You know, like, she'll see those. I mean, there are nice comments, too. Sometimes she'll say, they love the dress. That's all, that's all she cares. So what will be your reaction when she calls and tells you that? I just say, thank you so much for your feedback. You know, I really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you know what? A note is a note. Uh, I won't right. wear that dress again. I got it. I looked fat. They thought I looked pregnant. You know, wrong line. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, how, do your, how does your mom feel about your, your job as a comedian, your career? Um, at first, they were really, like, um, supportive but not encouraging, I would uh-huh. say, for the very <laughs> big – couple of years and then I think as things started to become you know better and I think I got you know I I hate to sound like that but I think as I became more I climbed the ranks minimally a little bit now she's like uh Dina Lohan now that she sees the money's coming in she's like how much you getting paid for this how much you getting paid for that Uh I did my Caroline's breakout artist series and um in uh, October and all her biggest concern was do you think they're gonna put a spotlight on me I said, why would why would they put a spotlight on you? Aww. And you know, Dean McDermott, who's Tori Spelling's husband, um, is one of my best friends, and he opened for me at Caroline's. So I love him. I think he's so great. All the moms in Staten Island, that all they cared about was Dean. They were chasing Dean. I was like, this is my show. Then you booked it well. You know what I mean? You got it. You got you hooked them with Dean, and then you gave him dessert, which was Nikki Paris. Like, come on. My mom posted a picture that night on the step and repeat of Caroline's. Her, my dad, my brother, and Dean. Nope. <laughs> I was you. one of the later pictures, but I wasn't in the first. So that goes to show was you she all. like, oh, you must have been in the bathroom or something. We couldn't find you. We just snuck in one quick with Dean. Nope. They didn't even try and hide it. It, it was like no, no, no Fs given. So. I was supposed to do my Caroline's art, uh, breakout artist series in June. Oh, 
this you is know, it. Like, this is it right now. This instead. is it. This is your, your, your thing. Can I tell you, it is your, I can't, you have to let me know when yours is and hopefully I'm home because I would love to come and see Oh my you. God. You're going to come be on it. If I'm, if oh you're, my God, here. No way. I mean, like you'll be one of the openers. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. I would be honored. I, that would be so fun. Just, I hope I get to do it. If I remember comedy, you know? Listen, if you're funny, you're funny. You have nothing to worry about. But I will say the biggest glamour of it was having your poster in Times Square. I literally tried to tongue fuck my poster. <laughs> I, I went to go. So I got home from L.A. It was like five o'clock and I found out that my poster was in Times Square. And I said, I have to go see it. And my dad goes, you're going to drive from Staten Island into Manhattan to get a picture of yourself. You'll see it on the day of the show. I said, you don't understand what an honor that is for me to see. <laughs> he goes, you know what? We didn't raise you to be like this. And I didn't care. I took the keys and I drove right into the city. Oh, and I'm, I'm so glad. In Times Square, I was like, that's me. I was like, who is that? Nobody cared. No, I did the same thing. I used to host a show there for like a year and or and change. And every time we had the show, they would put the poster up. And I would go and we were like, this is great for like our Instagram. We'll like go and be like, hey, check it out. That's me. And people are like, no, it's not. <laughs> you look better in there than, you know, they're like, the worst. People you think you're so really- hot. People like Rachel Maddow does stand up. I was like, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Which or they'd story? see mine and they'd be like, oh, cool. But, oh, look who's here this weekend. Way more famous people. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Well, I love that. I Honestly, I want to know, do you have any, uh, do you have any advice for, so a lot of people who listen to this are unemployed, especially right now because we're in a pandemic. And I want to know as a person, uh, honestly, I'm crowning you as most employed of the pod. Um, right now, at least, as someone who has uh, always had a job, how do you have any advice for people out there who don't? Yes. I think that, you know, I started interning when I was 15. I was still in high school. So I wanted to have more of a resume than anybody else. So I think it's just don't be afraid to work for free. Do so many different things that you could build your resume. So when you sit down for that interview for your job, you have Five different points of things that you've done that you could talk about that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. And always, and I also think it's an energy thing too. People fiend off energy. It's not just comedy. If you have good energy, people want people with good energy around because it lifts them up. And it lifts I love them that. Into the room. So always have good energy and always be, be a force and be confident in what you could bring to the table. I wish this was mine because I just uh, heard RuPaul say this on a masterclass. Find out what you bring to the party and then bring that. And mm-hmm. I truly believe in, in that too, because <clears throat> you have to think about what you bring to the table and, and do such a good job. And I think it's the same thing that applies to comedy, even outside of jobs. Yeah. You, I was so concerned with so many different things. I used to worry about what I was wearing. It was such a waste of time when I, the key to succeeding in standup is the art form. It's mm-hmm. being so undeniably funny that people can follow you. And it's working on that. And, and I think it, it, it applies to anything that you do. It's so true. And when you said that about the clothes, I used to worry. I'm like, oh, if I wear this, they're going to look at my shirt and they're not going to think my jokes are funny. And it's just like, that's such good advice. I knew you would bring the energy and you brought it. You really did. That was so, oh, didn't they and feel that, Ellen? I felt like a, I was like, wow. Ellen I'm just fell asleep. Up. Ellen, wake up. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'll tell you more stories about Susan B. Anthony if it brings you back. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really good advice. Yeah, it really it is because really we've. I've heard that on the podcast. Everyone can be funny. Everyone can say they're a stand-up. They anyone can you know do a job. You can go do the CVS job, but like, what are you going to bring that's that's personal to you? That's just like you know, 
and it's your energy. Yeah, and I that's think the perfect. good energy, the good energy thing is huge. People don't want to work with somebody, even if they're very talented, they don't want to work with somebody who's like, you know, a bummer yeah. to be around. Same with relationships, even not in jobs, right? If you have good energy, if you're confident in yourself, someone's going to see that in you and then they're going to have lots of sex with you. And then when you get, you have too good energy, call me because then you're going to have a problem that too many people are going to fucking drain you all the time. (laughs) That's another thing. Then you have to really learn how to set boundaries with people, which is something I've worked very hard on the last couple of years. But I think that another good advice, not that you asked, but something else I'd like to share is that I think that it all comes down to doing the work. Mm -hmm. You do the work and you have something to show for it. You have nothing to worry about. Whenever I'm a crazy over-preparer, I could go into something more confidently, especially like a job. Like if I know like all the, the points that I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Is what you get out of it. Yeah. It's not the olden days where someone calls you and they're like, you're the right person for this. It's like, no, you got to put yourself out there. You got to keep trying. And even and- if you do do that, you, I can name so many people that are flashes in the pan that you get one thing. <laughs> And then that's it because you don't have the foundation. Right. It's a stain. Yeah. You know, I think that you're an artist. You know what I mean? As am I. And I want to be somebody that stays around. Yeah. And I think that I'd rather have the foundation underneath me that I built and I established and that comes from doing the work. So true. You're a doll. You're a dream and you bring, oh, I feel better. I feel like this was my therapy, but just tell me, is that an owl? Is that an owl on your <laughs> I don't know what the hell is on the couch. <laughs> Is that the, the owl's hoot? I think you hoot. need to name it the owl. Owl's hoot. Owls don't cacaw. I, Nikki, I'm thank you for- i Susan B. Anthony as soon as this is over. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank I could talk to you me. literally all day, which maybe means yeah. we need like our own little like digital show. We need something like going, you know, airtime we love. Maybe they'll give us like, you know, three nights a week, something, something a little I, consist. I I love you and I think the world of you. I think the world of you too. Um, For all of the fans who now have learned, you know, all my fans who've now learned about Nikki Paris, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Plug away. You can find me at the rest stop on Route 9. No, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki Paris bitch. Nikki Paris bitch. And you're doing a lot of shows. So follow him because you're posting. You literally did three shows yesterday, which is. uh, If you want to feel better about your own life, follow me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really messed up in a lot of ways. No, they're going to be like, wait, he carries a Louis Vuitton bag and like sits by a pool all day. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) That's how I feel. Um, That's it, guys. That is another episode of Unemployed. In the can. Uh, you know what? This is still a very new podcast, so please subscribe to it, rate it, review it, tell a friend. Nikki, tell your mom. She better join uh, the podcast. Um, also, you can follow me at Anna Roisman or follow the pod at Unemployed Podcast, but no vowels. Unemployed PDCST, because that's like the sexy apps. Um, no, but literally, I don't know. We love doing this. It's so much fun. And if you're crying about having a job, just listen to this instead because you're not alone. That's it. Love you. Bye. This was Unemployed with Anna Roisman. And just so you know, hey, we're on Patreon. I want to give a shout out to our special patrons who I love, who I appreciate. Big shout out to Chris, Jordan, Oscar, Ken, Blue Jay, Vic, Scott, and Jonathan. 
Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. And if you want to join the Patreon, you could join as little as $5 a month. You know, it's nothing, but it helps us so much. And, you know, we want to keep making these episodes for you. Plus, you get some exclusive content. So please check it out. <laughs>